Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Wonderful. Well, you may be seated. That uh, Burma trip was awesome. It was just so great having Dr. Jack and Matt come on that trip. And we had fun together. Uh, they didn't end up in the video because it's my video. But, but Dr. Jack was the one who was praying for everyone and, and they were falling to the ground. So I took the footage from all the people he prayed for and put it in my video. Because <laughs> I thought that was cool. And, and I, I really like this church. I, this morning I was wondering, like, why is there padding right here and not here. And now I figured it out. It's because this church is a church that believes in the Holy Ghost and uh, they prepared for a move of God. It's a church that is ready. So there's padding here just in case someone needs to be prayed for. I'm like, that's cool. A church that is so sure that God's going to move that they build God's movement into the building. Praise God. That's smart planning, Dr. Jack. That's smart. I should have known it. <laughs> smart planning, Pastor Marie. That's smart. I mean, how many churches have you gone to and it's like hard concrete? And I mean, that's the way it was in Myanmar. I mean, like tile, you know, when people fall over under the power, you got to pray they don't bonk their head on the... But you know what? No one ever gets injured. That's what's amazing. When they're under the power of God. And what was funny in Myanmar, I mean, like... There was big groups of people. They're all getting prayed for. And you end up like the, with this pile of people. There's no one putting nice, uh, you know, uh, cloth over them. You know, so like one woman would fall and then another woman would fall. And then like you'd end up with like this dog pile of people all being out under the power of the Holy Spirit. So it was good. Praise the Lord. Well, I've got some great resources on the table uh, in the foyer. Uh, we've got uh, The Secret of Obed-Edom, a book called Grace Wins, The Ultimate Fight Between Religion and Relationship. So that's a great book. Healing Power, Experiencing the Miracle Touch of Jesus. If you need healing, that's a tremendous book to help you get the healing that you need. And then I'm, I'm launching online schools. Because I want people to be able to, to learn long after I go home. So we've got a, a school of evangelism. There's nothing else like it available in the world. Uh, there's uh, In this school, we talk about how to, to preach uh, to massive crowds of people. I don't know anyone else that is training specifically in that area. Uh, but it's an area that needs training. And uh, then uh, a school of healing. Um, we have over 30 videos on the subject of healing. And so this is a great school to, to prepare people to get ready to be used by God in the, in the area of healing. And I am a missionary evangelist. My passion is leading people to Jesus, getting people saved, uh, witnessing to people. And so this evening I, I thought we would go ahead and do a, a witnessing workshop. Because I believe that every single believer is called to be a witness and called to tell other people about Jesus. Come on, everyone just raise your hand in the air and say, I am a witness. I am a witness. Everywhere I go, Everywhere I go. 
I'm a shining light in the midst of great darkness. And so I've been looking for different ways of visualizing the gospel. Since I travel uh, to countries all over the world, we've been to over 70 different nations, a lot of the, the people uh, that we minister to uh, don't have as much education as people here in the United States. And so we're ministering to people sometimes who are illiterate. And I was trying to think, you know, what are some ways that I can help people to remember the gospel. Like, what does the gospel look like? If you're trying to communicate the gospel visually with people, what does it look like? And I actually got this idea uh, from something I did for, for my computer. I was, I was reading a, a, a book about Steve Jobs, who invented uh, Mac computers and, and iPhones and all that. And he has the, this Apple icon. And in this book about him, I read that he was, he said that the, the Apple icon represents forbidden knowledge. And he took it from Adam and Eve and um, the, when they took the, the apple and took a bite of it. And so I said, you know, if that's what it's meant for, I should use that as a witnessing tool. So I made this sticker with a picture of Adam and Eve and put it on the front of my, my computer. And I go and write a lot in, in coffee shops. So I'm just sitting there and people see it and they say, what, what is that sticker? And I begin to show, you know, Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, they, they sinned and they took a bite from the apple. And because of that, they were separated from God. But thank God, uh, you don't have to be separated from God because Jesus came. He died on the cross. He paid the price for our sins. And now uh, you can be saved. And, and so... I just open up my computer in, in a, a coffee shop and, and start working, and I've had a bunch of people come up and ask me about that, and that is the opening to be able to start to, to share uh, the gospel with them. And so uh, I had that picture on the back of my, my Mac computer, and I started thinking, you know, if I'm sitting in a, a coffee shop and I wanted to, to like draw out on a napkin the gospel, how would I do it? And, and so I started looking for, for different ways. And so uh, I found something called the gospel icon. If you could put the, that first thing up on the screen. Th this is uh, something that comes from T.L. Osborne. And T.L. Osborne, he's a great missionary evangelist, and he, he actually said that these four elements should be in every crusade sermon. If, if you're preaching to a, a big group of people that need to know Jesus, these are four elements that he said should be in every crusade sermon. And so starting with the tree, it represents God's creation. Everyone say God's creation. In the beginning of time, God created the heavens and the earth. And everything that God created has a purpose. The birds were made to fly. The fish were made to swim. And God created you to be his friend. The first man and the woman, their names were Adam and Eve. And every day God would walk with them and talk with them. He'd take them by the hand and walk with them. But then Satan came and deceived them. And so the snake represents Satan's deception. I want to say Satan's deception. And Satan came and he lied to them and says, you don't need to obey God. He, he says, you just go ahead and take a, a bite from the apple and you'll 
understand the difference between good and evil. And so that's what Satan does. Satan comes to deceive. And everything that Satan touches is destroyed. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So everything that's good comes from God. Everything that's bad comes from the devil. God is G-O-D. He's the the good one. Everyone say, God is good. G-O-D is G-O-O-D. God is good. The devil, D-E-V-I-L, is the evil one. The evil one. So God is good. So everything that's good comes from God. Healing comes from God. Sickness comes from the devil. Prosperity comes from God. Poverty comes from the devil. Love comes from God. Hate comes from the devil. So that just, if you just get that in your theology, that makes everything really simple. If, if it's good, it comes from? God. If it's bad, it comes from? The devil. the devil. Yeah. So Satan comes to deceive, and Satan continues to deceive people today. In fact, all the different problems that are in this world, the, the people hating one another, uh, discrimination, racism, all this stuff, is, comes from Satan. And so there needs to be something to fix all the problems in the world. And the next picture is God's uh, sign of, of what fixes the problem. And that is the cross, which stands for Christ's substitution. Everyone say Christ's substitution. Christ's substitution. So because of sin... All of us deserve to be punished. And the Bible says that the price for sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So Jesus died on the cross in our place. He took the price of sin and suffering, took it upon himself at the cross. And he paid the price that we deserved to pay. But Jesus didn't stay dead on the cross. After three days, Jesus rose from the dead. And today, Jesus is alive. And so because Jesus is alive, we come to the fourth part of the gospel. And that is God's restoration. Everyone say, God's restoration. And so... Uh, not only is it God's restoration, it's, it's our restoration. God comes to restore you and to restore me. God restores us to what we were meant to be before Satan came to deceive. And so in the Garden of Eden, before Adam and Eve sinned, they were created to live forever. So what Satan tried to steal, God restores. He gives us eternal life. In the Garden of Eden, there was no sickness. And it was only once they sinned that sickness came into the world. And they started to die. And, and, and so our restoration includes healing to overcome all sickness. In the Garden of Eden, there was no poverty. But now, through Jesus, we don't need to be, live in poverty. We can walk in prosperity. And so we have our restoration. So God's creation, Satan's deception, Christ's substitution, our restoration. Four points to the gospel. 
All right, so that's, that's one picture. You like that picture? Isn't that a cool picture? All right, let's go to the next picture. Uh, this, is, this is one that I like. This is one I like to preach on a lot. Um, just to, I'm trying to give you different ways to fix the gospel so that you can visualize the gospel. And so this is God's creation, uh, Cal, uh, creation, Calvary, and Pentecost, the three greatest events in the Bible. At creation, God created you. Everyone say, God created you. And then at Calvary, God saves you. Everyone say, God saves me. And then at Pentecost, God empowers you. Everyone say, God empowers me. And so God created you, God saves you, and God empowers you. Creation, Calvary, and Pentecost, the three greatest events in the Bible, the three greatest miracles for your life. At creation is where we see God the Father's greatest work. At Calvary is where we see God the Son's greatest work. And at Pentecost is where we see God the Holy Spirit's greatest work. And all three of these are, are really important uh, for us to understand. You know, the fact that God created you is important because it says you're valuable. You're not an accident. You're not here by accident. God created you. And God does not create trash. Everything that God created is beautiful. Everyone say, I'm beautiful. God created you with beauty. God created you with purpose. God created you. That's important for people to understand. But then when you look around at the world today, there's a lot of things that are broken, a lot of problems in the world. And so not only do we need to understand that God created us, we also need to know that God saves us. He saves us from sin. He saves us from sickness. He saves us from the problems of this world. But then this, the third aspect of, of this is so important that God empowers us. God empowers us to go out and to help others. God empowers us to overcome sin in our lives. God empowers us to pray for the sick. We are God's hands and God's feet on this, on this earth. And, and so this is an empowering message that when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, he gave us the power to do everything that God has called us to do. Because through our own selves, we don't have the power. We don't have the ability to do everything. But with the Holy Spirit on our side, we can do everything that God has called us to do. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to the next picture. Uh, this, is a, this is a good one. Uh, if you're in a coffee shop and, and you're talking to someone uh, about Jesus, there's, there's three circles here. You'll notice that in the first circle... There's a, a guy, he's sitting, his self is sitting on the throne of his own heart. And surrounding him are all these little circles. And those circles represent different uh, priorities in his life. And so uh, some priorities are big, some priorities are small. And you'll notice there in the first circle that the cross, which represents Jesus, is completely outside of his life. And so that's how some people live their lives. They're, they're just living for themselves and they're doing all their own things and God has no place in their life. Now the second picture, you notice that the cross moved from outside the circle to inside the circle. And so this represents someone who they've made a tiny place for God in their lives. 
they still have their own priorities. They're, they're still sitting themselves on the throne of their own life. And they're still saying, I'm in charge. But God, there's a little place right here that you can have in my life. You know, may, this, this is the type of Christian that, that goes to church like every four or five weeks. You know, I'll just go and, um, you know, God has a little place, but he's not going to be the center of my life. This is someone who, uh, you know, they're, they're, um, they're, they're Christian on Sunday, but then Monday they kind of forget about the things of God. Hmm? You know, someone, this might be someone who, who tips God. They're not tithing, they're just tipping, you know. And, and, and so there's some people like that. But then... This, this third picture is the way that Jesus really wants to be in your life. You'll notice that in the third picture, the cross is sitting on the throne. So this person has put Jesus right at the center of their life. And, and there, Jesus is sitting on the throne of their life. Jesus is in control. And so that's moving from the pilot seat over to the co-pilot seat. And saying, Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, I'm not just going to put Jesus in the passenger seat and look at him every once in a while. I'm not going to put him in the back. Uh, I'm going to put him in the driver's seat and we're going to go where Jesus wants us to go. And, and so this person, what happens, what's really neat, when you put Jesus in charge of your life, he helps you to line up all the different priorities you have and, and to put them in the proper place. And so family, business, school, uh, hobbies, Jesus will actually help you put those in the proper place. And so we have these three different circles, a person with God's completely outside of their life, a person that God's a tiny piece of their life, and then the person who has fully uh, decided to follow Jesus' leading. So of these three circles, which circle best represents your life right now? And so that's a great diagnostic question to help people to discover kind of where they are in their walk with God. And if they're in the first circle, then you can start to talk to them about Jesus. If they're in the second circle, challenge them to follow Jesus greater. So this is kind of a diagnostic picture. All right, next picture. All right, this is another uh, great uh, thing. And, and if you ever done any witnessing, this, this picture appears in a lot of different tracks, and, and uh, it's called the, the bridge. And the idea is that there is a great gap and separation between God and man. And so when I preach uh, this message at Crusades, I usually uh, invite some volunteers to help me. So I'd, I'd like to have uh, some, some volunteers. So um, could I have... Uh, one of you girls come. Would would you mind coming? Oh, you're going to be faster. And if you could come, could, would you would you mind coming? And then, um, are, are you his dad? Come, come, come. Yeah, come on up here. Uh, you come up. And um, I need one more person. Um, I need a guy though. I need a guy. Um, would would you mind coming up here? Yeah, come come on down. Okay, come come on come on over here. All right. Um, and. Uh, what, what's your name? Samuel. Okay, Samuel. Just, just go stand over there for now. And we'll need you in just a second. And uh, what's your name? Aiden. Aiden. Everyone say hello, Aiden. Hello, Aiden. And uh, what's your name? Alania. Alania. Everyone say hello, Alania. Hello, Alania. And what's your name? Andrew. 
Andrew. Everyone say hello, Andrew. Okay, so, um, you know, my son is really good at that. He's been trying to get me to learn how to do that. And you want to see how good I am? Watch this. He laughs at me. He says, Dad, you just don't get it. He's like, you're not doing it right at all. <laughs> all right, so in this illustration, um, you're going to represent God the Father. Doesn't God look good today? And you're going to represent Adam, and you're going to represent Eve, okay? And so in the beginning of time, God created Adam and Eve, and he breathed life into them. Okay, so get into it. Help me act a little bit. Breathe life into them. All right, and then God wanted to have a relationship with them, and so God took Adam and Eve by the hand, and every day, God would walk with them and talk with them. So kind of walk over this way. And then, yeah, just walk around a little bit. Yeah, so every day, God wanted to fellowship with them. And he had a good relationship with them. And, and, and he walked with them and, and talked with them. But then one day, Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And when we disobey God, this is called sin. And sin separates us from God. So, so God, you go over there. And, and then uh, Adam and Eve are here on earth. And what happened is there came a great separation between heaven and earth. Between God and humanity. And humans, they wanted to have a relationship with God. There, there is a, a God-shaped hole inside every human. And so humans tried many different ways to restore the relationship with God. And so they tried different ways to, to cross the bridge. And so some people, they think, if I study lots, and so pretend like you're reading a book, just, yeah, if I study lots, I can, I can figure out how to get to God. But no matter how much you study, you can't figure out your way across this gap. Other people think, if I could become really rich, and so rub your fingers together like this, like you have lots of money. Yeah, if I could get, if I could make lots of money, yeah, oh yeah, yeah come on, make it rain. There you go. <laughs> All right, if I could just make lots of money, I could, I could buy my way into heaven. But no matter how much money you have, you can't buy your way into heaven. Uh, and then some people think, if I became very religious, so get down on your hands and knees and, and pray. You know, some people think, if I can be very religious and, and, and uh, then I'll figure out how to cross this gap. But there's this great gap between heaven and earth and nothing that humans can do can cross the gap. So God came up with a plan. Since man could not get to God, God came up with a plan. And so he called his son Jesus. And so you're going to play the part of Jesus. Everyone say, hey, Jesus. <laughs> he says, Jesus, I want you go, to go from heaven down to earth. You're going to be born as a baby to the Virgin Mary. And, and you're going to teach people how they can get to heaven. Okay, so, so Jesus is sent by God the Father down to earth. Yeah, and then he has 12 disciples, and so he takes the disciples by the hand, and he walks with them, and he talks with them, and, and so in the garden, uh, God the Father walked with them, now Jesus is walking and talking with them, so walk around a little bit, there you go, they're, they're walking and talking together, and he's healing the sick, he's teaching them about the kingdom of God, he's help, <laughs> helping them understand God, but then some evil men crucified Jesus to a cross. So come on over here, Jesus. And th there's this gap. So you're going to be crucified right here in the middle of this gap. Yeah, there you go. And so 
Yeah, and, and so they, they crucified, they put nails in his hands. Can you, can you help me put, put some nails in his hand? And then nails in his feet, yeah. They put, there you go. Yeah, all right, all right. Good job, good job. Yeah, and, and so Jesus died on the cross. And he died to pay the price for our sins. But Jesus didn't stay dead. After three days, Jesus rose from the... Come on, you got to go like... Yeah. <laughs> so Jesus rose from the dead. And so when Jesus rose from the dead, look at this. Jesus became the bridge between earth and heaven. And Jesus is the only bridge... Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Everyone that comes to me can come to the Father. And so everyone must choose whether they will make Jesus their Lord or whether they will reject him. And so I want to ask you this question. Do you choose to follow Jesus? Yes. All right. And so if you choose to follow Jesus, you can go give God a great big hug. Now, now do you choose to follow Jesus? Yes. You do. All right. Come on. Let's give them a great big hand. Yeah. And, and so Jesus actually becomes the bridge between heaven and earth. Come on, give all the actors a great big hand. That was a great job there. All right, next, next picture. Are you, are you kind of getting visualizing the gospel? Is this, is this a help? Are you, can you tell that I'm an evangelist, that I like talking about how to get people saved? All right, what's our, what's our next picture here? I think it's, yeah, it's the, the Romans Road. And so, uh, this is actually really good. Um, in the book of Romans, there's a series of verses that can help us to uh, present the gospel. And so what I did in my Bible is I actually went through and I highlighted each of these verses. And then next to each verse, then I put the reference that leads me to the next step on the Romans road. And so that way, you don't have to... Memor you don't have to remember the references for all the different verses. All you have to do is remember the reference for the first verse. And then once you get there in the Bible, you can, you can write the reference to the next place that you're supposed to go. And you can take someone through the book of Romans and be able to present the gospel to them. Um, and so the first step on the Romans road is Romans 3 verse 23, which tells us about the reality of sin. And this is what it says. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if you have your Bible, just go ahead and underline Romans 3.23. That tells us about the reality of sin. And then right next to Romans 3.23, I wrote the next scripture in the Romans road, which is Romans 6.23. And so Romans 6.23 tells us about the cost of sin. And it says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so then next to Romans 6.23, I wrote the, the next step on the Romans road, which is Romans chapter 5, verse 8, which talks about the payment for sin. Romans 5 verse 8 says, God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Romans 3.23, then Romans 6.23, then Romans 5.8. Then we come to Romans 10 verse 9 and 10. 
which says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then my favorite verse is in Evangelist Romans 10 verse 13. It says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so... This tells us about the way to salvation. How is someone saved? It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you will call on the name of Jesus, you will be saved. And then the next stop on the Romans road is Romans chapter 5 verse 1, which tells us the results of salvation. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what actually happens when we get saved is we have peace with God. That God gives us peace inside. And then the next thing is Romans 8 verse 1. Which gives us one of the benefits of salvation. Romans 8, 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So once you get saved, there is no condemnation. Before you get saved, Satan is coming and condemning people, saying you're no good, you're, you're a loser, and Satan is, is condemning you, saying you're not perfect. But... Once you come to Jesus, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. Jesus takes all the guilt and the condemnation, the feelings of inferiority, and he takes that off of you and gives you a place where you can stand with no condemnation before God. And then the final stop on the Romans road is Romans 8, 38 and 39, which gives us an assurance of salvation, how you can know that you are saved. It says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, so those stops for each one of you, each one of those steps is Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9, Romans 10.13, Romans 5.1, Romans 8.1, and then Romans 8.38 and 39. And those give us the reality of sin, the cost of sin, the payment for sin that Jesus paid, the way to salvation, the results of salvation, the benefit of salvation, and assurance of salvation. And that's the Romans road. And there's actually uh, different roads through several different books of the Bible. Like those same steps, the reality of sin, and then the payment for sin, and then the, the way to salvation. I can find that in Isaiah. I can find that in John. I can find that in Ephesians. I can find it in... And, and so these different steps to salvation, you can find them in many different places in the Bible where you can... Uh, use different verses to help people know the way to salvation. And so I, I think the Romans road should be, you, you should have that in your Bible. And if you ever have a chance to sit down with someone for coffee and, and they ask, you know, how can I know God? Then you should have these verses marked out in your Bible and be ready to share about Jesus with them. Amen? Amen.
All right, uh, next uh, picture. All right, um, this is uh, three circles, which it has some of the same elements from the other different pictures that I did. Um, but once I saw how people were asking me about my laptop, I said, you know, I don't always carry my laptop with me. I need some way to be able to share the gospel on my phone. And so that's why I, I did this picture as a sticker. And I've been putting it right on the back of my cell phone. And I carry my cell phone with, my, with me everywhere I go. How many of you carry your cell phone everywhere? I mean, it's like part of ourselves now. And so it actually is helping me to be a better evangelist because when I'm standing in line waiting to pay for my food or, or something or, or uh, you know, I, I pull out my phone and I see the sticker and it reminds me, hey, Daniel, you need to be talking to people about Jesus. And it's a really friendly way to tell someone about Jesus. I just pull it out and say, uh, do you know what this means? And they start to look at it and everyone says, no, I don't know what it means. I, well, let me tell you. And I'll just go into explaining uh, what it means. So I have a, a gift for all of you tonight. I want to give everyone a witnessing sticker. So brother, would you mind helping to pass that out to everyone? Would you mind helping to pass, give, give one of those to everybody? Yeah, give them out to everybody. And so you can put it on your, on your cell phone. You can put it uh, on your, in your Bible. You can put it on something you carry around in your purse, but just uh, you can use this sticker to, to lead people to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you in just a second what everything means on that sticker so that you can use it to lead people to Jesus. All right, so I start with does everyone have your sticker? All right, I start with the, the circle that has a heart in it. And that circle means that God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. Come on, everyone say, God loves me, God loves me. and he has a wonderful plan for my life. But the problem is that people run away from God's plan. So you'll notice here that there is a, a running man and he is running away from God's perfect plan. God actually has a plan for every area of our lives. God has a plan uh, for our marriage. God has a plan for our business, our, our work. God has a plan for uh, raising children. God has a plan for everything. But the, all the problems in the world come because people run away from God's plan. And the Bible actually has a word that means to run away from God's plan. And that word is sin. And so when we run away from God's perfect plan, it is sin. And when we run away from God's perfect plan, our lives become broken. And so we come to the second uh, circle here. And this is a life that has become broken. And brokenness is real. If you talk to people, you know, on the outside, they may look happy and successful. But if you talk to people for any length of time, you'll, you'll find out that there are pieces in their life that are broken, and brokenness is a reality. And when people feel broken, they feel pain on the inside, they begin to look for ways to change their lives. And so people look for many different ways. And so these three arrows that are pointing up represent different ways that people look for bringing change into their lives. So some people think, you know, if I can just find a cute guy or a cute girl, 
to love me. That will fix the brokenness on the inside. But the problem is that when you're broken and you get in a relationship with someone, it doesn't cure your brokenness. It just leads to a broken relationship. Other people think, if I just study and, I, and learn about the human mind, I can figure out how to heal the brokenness on the inside of me. But no matter how much you study, you can't figure out how to cure the brokenness that is on the inside. Other people think, if I just make lots of money, if I just get rich, that's going to make me happy. But, you know, I've met poor people that were unhappy. I've met rich people that were unhappy. Hmm? And so being rich doesn't fix the brokenness. In fact, sometimes being rich just makes it more visible to everyone that you're broken. And so people are looking for change. They're, they're really looking to change, but through their own efforts, they're not finding a way to bring change in their lives. But the Bible actually has a word for change. And the Bible word for change is the word repentance. And so you'll notice that this man is kneeling down and he's praying. And what he's doing is he is repenting. And he's saying, God, I'm sorry for running away from your perfect plan for my life. And then this third circle is what I call the gospel circle. The word gospel is another Bible word that means good news. And so this circle is God's good news plan for people to be saved. So this is how it is. You'll see the arrow that comes pointing down. That represents Jesus, the Son of God, coming from heaven, being born to a virgin named Mary. He came from heaven down to earth. Then he lived and walked here on this earth, but then he died on the cross. And the reason he died on the cross was to pay the price for our sins. But Jesus didn't stay dead on the cross. He was put in a tomb, and on the third day, he rose from the grave. And so you got that, that arrow pointing up. That represents Jesus coming up out of the grave. He didn't stay dead. He is alive today. And he was crowned the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And now Jesus is the King. And if you will cry out to him and say, Jesus, will you be the King of my life? He will save you and he will bring you back to God's perfect plan for your life. In order to get back to God's perfect plan, you have to trust Jesus. And the word, Bible actually has a word for trust, and that word is faith. If you'll put your faith in Jesus, he will rescue you from your sin, rescue you from your brokenness, and he will bring you back to God's perfect plan for your life. Doesn't that sound good? We're ready to, to share the gospel anytime that, that God op opens up that opportunity. And, and I think a lot of sharing the gospel is just being bold. Just having, I find that the, the hardest part of sharing the gospel with someone is the first sentence. Mm -hmm. Saying, do, like, do you know what these symbols mean? Like just saying the first thing, starting a conversation with someone is the, the toughest part. But then once you start the conversation, then you just, the Holy Spirit starts going, th uh, speaking through you. And, and people will listen. People want to talk. And, 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 and so I want to encourage you to look for opportunities to, to tell people about Jesus. And if you'll do that, I believe you'll be able to lead people to Jesus. Amen? Amen. I think every single believer is called to be a soul winner.
and to do the work of an evangelist to go out and to lead people to Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Well, I want to pray for you to be filled with boldness to be able to be a witness. So stand to your feet. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for supernatural boldness to rest on everyone in this church. This church is a soul winning church. This church is an evangelistic church. This church is a church that leads people to Jesus here on Sunday morning and out on the streets, at our workplaces, with our neighbors, our friends, our family. Lord, we, I pray that you would use us to lead many people to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you receive it, say amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week, and remember, the best is yet to come.